Pastor Ray Bentley points out God's response to our times of failure and compromise. He knows our flesh is weak. He knows that we're going to blow it sometimes. He knows that the devil's going to get in some good blows. And in those moments when we stumble, he knows that our human weakness and frailty is to begin doubting his love. And so Jesus wanted you to remember, look what I went through for you. Spread the news. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. To the unbeliever, the Lord's death on the cross may look like a ghastly aftermath of a plan gone awry. To believers, we know the Lord's sacrifice was the ultimate expression of love. While we were yet sinners, Jesus willingly gave his life to purchase our redemption. Today, we'll look closely at that love. We'll open your Bibles to Luke chapter 22. You know, now is a, a time where you can, I believe there is a vulnerability with people that maybe for years have been hardened against, you know, Christianity, the gospel, uh, your witness. Uh, take advantage of the opportunities when people share with you their worries, their fears, their anxieties, their depression, their physical problems, and pray for them. Uh, just say, hey, can I pray for you? Would you mind if I prayed for you? Uh, or can I pray for your mom or your dad or your brother or your sister or your husband or your wife that you said has this problem or this ailment or whatever? You know, people are vulnerable to the gospel. They're vulnerable to love, to compassion, to warmth. And I believe the glory of the Lord is going to, to as, as the world accelerates and, and you know, outwardly in a lot of problems, inwardly, the church is going to experience a greater, fuller, more powerful revelation of the glory of the Lord and the presence of the Lord and his power to heal, uh, to deliver, to save, uh, to minister, to speak. And you, we get to be part of that. It's not just gonna be, there's not enough pastors. There's not enough evangelists. There's not enough missionaries. This is going to take the whole bride and the whole body of Christ. Christ in you is the hope of glory. And, you know, I believe that some of you are going to have the experience of praying for somebody and saying, man, the Lord healed somebody through me. And, and we're going to get so excited. It's going to be so encouraging as God just pours out his mercies and his goodness and his grace and his presence and his power to heal. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 22, and let's, um, we're at the end of Luke 22. We're going to look at verses uh, 63 through 71. And uh, the message here is titled Pure Love. All right, look with me. Luke 22, uh, verses 63 through 65. This is right after the last time we shared about Peter's denial of Jesus and how Jesus healed Peter, and uh, with Peter's confession, his repentance, he restored him, he called him back into ministry. So now in verse 63, Jesus has been handed over. 
betrayed. And we read now the men who held Jesus. So he, he's in a trial. It's still, by the way, nighttime. He's been arrested, really, by the soldiers who are uh, the religious soldiers on behalf of the leadership there within uh, the religious community. And now the men who held Jesus, listen to this, mocked him. Now, this is during his trial. Mocked him and beat him. And having blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy, who is the one who struck you? And many other things they blasphemously spoke against him. I want you to think about what Jesus went through and what he endured. This is before even, we haven't even got to the cross yet. We haven't even gotten to the nails or to the crown of thorns. We haven't even ended, this is during his trial. Jesus has not even yet been declared guilty. Do you understand? He hasn't even been declared guilty. They haven't even made a verdict. It is during his trial that he is being beaten and he is being mocked and he is being smote upon the face. They blindfold him and they hit him and they beat him. The soldiers here apparently were allowed, permitted to abuse him and mock him at will. Here they are mocking him. He's a prophet. Watch this. Boom, they would hit him. So now prophesy and tell us who hit you. Later they will mock him because of his claim to being the king. They mocked him, they smote him, and they beat him. And his, you know, the body, God has created our bodies. I just this last week read again Psalm 139. Uh, David, the beautiful, beautiful psalm. I am fearfully and wonderfully and marvelously made, and that my soul knows right well. The body is, it's kind of its own living universe and testimony of the glory of God. It's absolutely fascinating. Many people in Maranatha especially are, have a medical background or have an understanding. Um, it is just, you know, what little bits I hear and read, kind of the, the end product of how fascinating the human body is and how it functions and how it works together is, is just incredible. Well, one of the things that God developed our bodies with the capacity to do is when uh, a, somebody is coming to strike you or when you see a blow coming, without thinking, God gave us a lot of things that, that where our, everything's on autopilot. And I don't know if you appreciate how many things you don't have to think about. What if, what if your brain had to tell your body, okay, breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. And then heartbeat, heartbeat. Eyes blink, eyes blink. It would drive you nuts, all the things. How many are glad it's on autopilot? That's got all the... So you don't think somebody goes to strike you and immediately you, you turn and you, you go away from it. Um, you fall back. And those who, you know, even in the martial arts or whatever, or any kind of competition like that, know that by giving to any particular punch or throw, you take a, a large uh, percentage of the power of that blow away. If on the other hand, you are standing there and you don't see it coming. In fact, there's a movie that was out that did quite well that told kind of a neat story of 
The young man that got adopted, and then he went into football. And what's the name of the movie? Blindside. What's the whole story about? It's about quarterbacks who, you know, kind of the game revolves around them. They get protected, especially with all the rules and everything, because they're central uh, to the whole game and the whole, you know, team and making it fast-paced, high-scoring, exciting, whatever. So they're constantly wanting to protect them. And a quarterback will get seriously injured, if not even uh, what happened with Joe Theismann, kind of the backstory to this, this, the importance of the role of the tackle on his blind side. Uh, if he doesn't get protected, he can literally not only be knocked out of a game, but out of an entire career. Why? Because he's got some 300 pound plus guy coming after him and you don't see it. So you just stand there like a lame duck and you take the full force of the blow. You know that you can, how many of you have happened, this has happened to you, you're walking along and you don't see uh, the curb and you step off of that thing and almost break your neck and go tumbling or literally people have broken bones and ankles over six inches. Why? Because, well, when you see it, you give, you feel. But when you don't see it, well, it was more than six inches. They blindfolded Jesus. He's just a sitting duck. And they rear back and they hit him as hard as they possibly could. And so you, Jesus' face began to develop those lumps that arise all over. And in fact, the prophets described that as those welts began to grow upon his face, his face became disfigured. And you couldn't see a human face anymore. All of this Jesus took because he loved you. If, and this is why he said take communion and take it often. And as often as you do, remember me. What is it that he wants us to remember? He knows that the enemy is here. He knows our flesh is weak. He knows that like Peter, we're going to blow it sometimes. He knows that the devil is going to get in some good blows. And in those moments when we fail and we stumble, he knows that our, our human weakness and frailty is to begin doubting his love. And so Jesus wanted you to know and to remember, look what I went through for you. You cannot say that I don't love you. I am showing you how much I love you. I'm going to prove to you. I'm going to demonstrate it. I'm not only going to say it, that you are my precious child and my son and my daughter and I love you and I love you more than life itself. I will give my life for you. This is his love for you and me. Isaiah says we hid as it were our faces from him to look at Jesus after he had gotten that beating and they took the blindfold off was too shocking. You would not, literally people that were there you, you know, you ever seen something that was absolutely just too grotesque? You just couldn't look at it. In, again, instinctively, you cringe, you close your eyes. I don't want to see that or even think that or have that in my mind. And you look away. That's what Jesus went through. Why? Why the cross? Why the nails? Why the crucifixion? It's so bloody and, and so grotesque because of his love for you and me. He took our sins upon himself. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. 
So many listeners have shared comments on what Pastor Ray's teachings on Maranatha Radio have meant to them. What a blessing it was to be taught by Pastor Ray. He is greatly missed. But Pastor Ray's son, Daniel, has taken the reins and is doing great work in teaching God's Word. I can see the Holy Spirit burning in Pastor Daniel, and I am proud to support and be led by him as my teacher. May God's hand continue to rest on Daniel as we pray for the entire Bentley family. These teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. First Peter chapter 2, verses 21 through 24, I put in your notes. Let's read this scripture because Jesus is an example for you and me. Let's read it out loud. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. By whose stripes you were healed. Not even are healed, but were healed. It's already done. It's already finished. Christ paid for our sins and he died for our diseases. He, he, he washed us and cleansed us. And it's in the past tense. It's already done. And I believe that here is even Jesus, they're beating him and smacking him and he's guilty. And the trial is not even through. The verdict of guilty has not even been reached. And in many ways, I feel that's a, what is happening in the court of many uh, national opinions about Israel. But it seems whatever incident, they're guilty. Now tell, now tell us what happened, as opposed to really looking at what is taking place. So in a way, we see here a mirror of Jesus with Israel and within Israel, a mirror of what happened to Jesus. He was guilty while he was charged and so look with me in verse 66. It says, as soon as it was day, the elders of the people, both chief priests and scribes came together and led him into their council and saying, if you are the Christ, tell us. I want you to notice in verse 66, they now had to assemble again while it is day. Why did they have to assemble again? They had already started the trial at night. Well, what's interesting is that it is generally accepted that according to Jewish uh, law, custom and counsel, they could not vote on a capital offense at night. So in a sense, what they were doing was illegal. They broke a lot of rules so that they could get their goals accomplished. So they had to assemble again. Oh, we got to make it legal uh, here by meeting in the day. And then verse 67, here's what it, here's what it really all boils down to, what, what it, the cross was all about and why you know, two, two and a half billion people today believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Verse 67, here's what they asked. If you are the Christ, 
word there really meaning Messiah or the anointed one. If you're the Messiah, tell us. This is the $64,000 question. Is Jesus the Messiah of God who was promised and sent? And I want you to know this, as they're, they're, they're asking the question, but have you ever had somebody ask you a question but they really are not asking a question, they're making a statement? They're making an accusation? What they're really saying is, you are not the Messiah. And in fact, we're absolutely sure you are not the Messiah and that's why we beat you mercilessly. Now, tell the truth, are you the Messiah, wanting him through the beating to say, no, I'm really not. But he could not say that for he was. They were absolutely convinced his claims were false, that he was in fact guilty and guilty of the greatest crime. And that was blasphemy, the penalty of which was death. Now, Jesus knows the heart of his accusers. He knows that they will not believe. He has already talked to them. He has already taught them. He has already shared with them. And they have rejected his evidence. But he said to them, if I tell you, you will by no means believe. Isn't that sad? Jesus said, there is nothing that I can say to you and he's standing there, he's being beaten, fulfilling the prophecies of Isaiah, let alone the rest of the prophets. And he's saying, there's nothing I could tell you that would make you believe. You've already made up your minds. And if I also ask you, you will by no means answer me, which is often what Jesus did. They didn't know what they were talking about. They had misinterpretations and he would ask them questions they couldn't answer. He said, but even if I asked you questions, you wouldn't answer me. And nor if I proved to you, according to the scriptures, that I was a Messiah, would you let me go? And then verse 69 seals it. This seals the crucifixion. All right, you asked me. Let me tell it to you straight. Hereafter, you will see the Son of Man will sit on the right hand of the power of God. Now you and I being Gentiles and living a long time after don't realize the significance of this, but here's what it is. It's a direct question and Jesus gives a direct answer. He absolutely does. Then they all said, are you then the son of God? And so he said to them, you rightly say that I am. And they said, what further testimony do we need? For we have heard it ourselves from his own mouth. The religious trial is now over. Jesus is now, he's claiming to be the son of man. And a lot of times we read that and go, well, I don't understand. That doesn't seem to be that big of a deal. Aren't we all sons of men? No, not this title. This, this phrase, they knew exactly what he meant, son of man. The son of man was a prophecy about the Messiah who as the son of man would be the savior. And I put the scripture there, Daniel chapter seven, verses 13 and 14, uh, where Daniel uses this phrase, one of the places it's used. Let's read this scripture out loud. I was watching in the night visions and behold one like the son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him. 
Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. Jesus is giving them one of their own messianic, clear passages. I am the son of man. And then talking about sitting on the right hand of the power of God, meaning I'm equal. He is equal with God and that divine revelation of who the Messiah really is, God manifest in the flesh. So Jesus revealed it, he said it, he claimed it, he owned it, and they beat him and they then took him to Pilate because they didn't have the authority to bring capital punishment and the whole story with Pilate trying to wash his hands but giving them permission, he had violated no Roman crimes. And Jesus was executed unlawfully, wrongly. There were many violations that happened during his trial, not the least of which was he was guilty before even the trial had gone forth. And there was nothing proven against him, and yet he died. Why did he die? He died because he loves you. Now, listen, you are precious to the Lord. And how do I, how do I explain to you how awesome this is? First of all, you, you learn about God as the, he's the creator God. He made everything, okay. That's one understanding. You move a little further in and he says, not only, not only am I big, powerful, I can do all things, I'm all powerful, all seeing, all knowing, I'm also your father. And you enter into that father relationship. But even that father, because God is revealed as the father of Israel in the Old Testament, but still father is kind of formal, a little bit distant. You're always worried, maybe dad's, you know, he's mad at me or whatever, and father. And so, when Jesus came along, Jesus said, now I want to bring you into even a further deeper revelation and relationship. And that is, he's not only God the creator, he's not only the father of Israel and the father of all the sons and daughters, even of the Gentiles who believe in Jesus, but he is your daddy. He is daddy. And there is an intimacy and a closeness and an affection and what you'll find is when you let the Lord, the Holy Spirit within you is wanting you to own that intimacy with the Lord where you can say, Daddy, and he is there. He's right there for whatever you need. And, and this is how you'll know you're entering into the, the Daddy intimacy relationship. This is what every son and daughter of God have always said is their testimony and experience, not in the Old Testament, but in to the New Testament and on even to now. For David was a man after God's own heart. You will feel like you, you are his favorite in all the universe. You will feel that you are special. And you know what? You are. There is nobody else in the whole universe like you. And he loves you for exactly who you are and what you are. Pastor Ray Bentley, with an encouraging reminder of God's tremendous love for us. Glad you've joined us today here on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is called Pure Love. If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. 
When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. Also, click the word media and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo. Three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for an important study to prepare our hearts for Christmas Day. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.